Good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday, December 2nd. I am finally back in the office from hunting. I've got my man David D. Austin to my right and Drew Kohlhofer on the mic. What's up, man? What's going on? Not too much. So, Drew, is are you the you and your dad are the owner of uh, Selway Archery? Is it just you two? Yeah, that and my uh, my stepmom does a lot of the paperwork and stuff. She and, actually uh, shipping. She's the one that makes sure I actually get my stuff. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if, if it wasn't for her, like like you say often, uh, I suck at adulting. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am the same way. So, yeah, it's, we're thankful. To have her around here to uh, keep the ship running tight. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. She's it's good. She's there. My wife keeps me out of deep shit all the time. So, with uh, with Selway Archery for Archery for those who don't know, um, well, you guys make a ton of different stuff, but you're you're known for your quivers. Uh, that's the NFQ quiver. I you you've made me a Copenhagen quiver. You made me a bunch of different quivers. Um, how kind of tell about the the company now and where it started and and I mean I know the story but kind of give the full rundown. Yeah, so uh, the company actually started in the late '80s. It was started by uh, Gordon Gordy Mickens um, of uh, Hamilton, Montana, and Dwayne Jessup, who actually is the current owner of Thunderhorn Quivers. Um, but they started Selway together um, late '80s out in uh, Hamilton there in the Bitterroot. And uh, just kind of blossomed from there. Gordy and Dwayne separated um, at one point uh, down the road. Uh, Gordy ran the business up until, what is it going on? I think it's six years now this month we, since we purchased, this, purchased the company. And, uh, yeah, that's, things have been going good. Uh, Gordy, you know, older gentleman, you know, just kind of uh, just kept the status quo going with the company. And uh, just kind of running off the name itself. And when I took it over, and it was kind of a perfect storm, really, because you had picked up the trad bow at the time. At, you know, it just picked it up as we were getting the company, and uh, kind of a perfect storm there as the, you know, the growth of that we've seen here in traditional archery kind of started all at the same time. You know, you had Tom Clum coming out. You had Turner, you, uh, the push guys. You know, you had a lot of uh, different things happening all at once, and it was kind of a perfect storm. For, uh, for growing the business back uh, to what it used to be. And, uh, yeah, it's been smooth sailing ever since. I mean, we've had a couple of hiccups along the way, but, I mean, even in 2020, we haven't had a ton of issues getting things, uh, getting things you know, out to everybody. And we've been actually really, really busy, which is, uh, which is a blessing, much like uh, other outdoor retailers. But, yeah, we make – uh, bow quivers, as you said, we've got uh, several different kinds of attachments. You got ones that would mount underneath the limb bolts. You got uh, ones that would screw into the side of the bow uh, if your bow's uh, tapped with uh, the riser inserts. Uh, our most popular options are probably the slide on and the strap on uh, that just go limb mounted on the limb. But we got kind of we can accommodate everybody on that one. We got a couple different sizes, and then we, now we got the bear, that new bear quiver that we got the grayling, and so we got some different options for everybody there. And then uh, we also manufacture. We don't actually manufacture the bow stringers. Uh, the other part of Selway, Gordy and his wife Roxy, still run the stringer side of the company. They make longbow and uh, recurve stringers for anybody that is uh, curious about them you can go check those guys out at this is just actually it's just selway archery we're actually the quiver side is selway archery products and then the stringer side is, is selway archery still um 
but yeah, so got some different things and got, you know, as, as we start to grow as a company, I see some things that I would like to do in the future is, you know, different, different options, it's just not enough hours in the day to add to the product line. Like I would like to, but yeah, things, uh, dude, I can't, you know, can't complain. Things are doing really good for us here. And I was actually fortunate enough. We got to the point where we were so busy. I, like you started out in the trades as a fellow Fucking iron worker, iron worker. Well, out of the Toledo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beat the fit, paint the match. Oh shit. And, um, yeah, so I was able to leave my job doing that. I've been, I, you know, I've been in that for 12 years and, uh, you afforded more time with the family and yeah, I obviously took a little bit of a pay cut, but got way more time to get in the woods. And like I said, I can have the kids here at the shop with me. I got four kids now and, um, it's nice to be able to make sure I'm not taking time away from them working seven tens or whatever I, you know, the schedule used to be. Yeah. No, no kidding. Um, well you, this, I, I would imagine is 2020 going to be your biggest year, even with the, the COVID hundred yeah. percent by, by like a long shot. <laughs> yeah. It's been pretty incredible. No, that's, that's good. It's, it's funny. Cause I, I, you know, I use everyone's quivers or have, you know, one time or another and people have asked like, uh, so why why do you use a Selway? And I'm like, ah, I kill more shit with it. It's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> I I actually right. in 16, I used uh, I don't know that first trip. I can't remember what I had on my bow where I got my ass kicked. Cool quiver, but uh, when I got back down, I I even made a video. I'm like, okay, I'm putting the other one back on, and I and I put on the this the the standard slide on that I used yours before, and then went up and killed an old ass deer so i would I always kind of made jokes about it because all the quivers are um you know like the, there's so many different options whether you're um yeah if you're using an ilf or you know just a standard uh like people kind of get a little bit confused with an ilf has a lot of options but uh quiver mounting you can't do certain things with an ilf you can so i just have a strap on two-piece on my my ilf but there's a ton of options out there I just think that um, uh, certain quivers do certain things to certain bows, and a lot of times in the case why I ended up going with the strap on, it actually just makes it it's less noisy. It seems like I'll have to ask Trad Lab if he's got a, fuck, a co- coefficient or a algorithm on that, but it seems quieter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure he does somewhere or it's in the works. Uh, we're doing a podcast with him today uh, on that last hunt we were on. Dude, that was... <laughs> That was pretty fucking comical with him because great guy, right? I, Cody's funnier than hell. He's never spot and stocked anything. So as, as you can imagine, and one thing I'll say, Drew, you're not overly old, but you're not a millennial, even though you are in the sense of obviously your dad raised you, right? So there's a lot of different crap going on on the, the internet on this day and age of we got young guys that are in it to get likes and old guys that are making fun of the young guys and people in the middle and you're kind of a unique anomaly because what are you, 30 or something? Uh, 32. Thir- 32. So same age as Frank. Uh, so a little bit younger, but not super young. So you're kind of seen from all perspectives. I would say you have a grasp on it that, that I don't. You know, I've got you by 12 years. What? How old are you, David? 45. There you go. David's got me by a year. <laughs> um, you, you are probably looking at things a little bit differently because you've got the – you're like right in the happy medium. Um, and so you're seeing – I guess your probably your outlook on all of this is maybe a little bit more u- unique as traditional archery is growing and you're seeing what's going on in the industry and you are high strung 
And so your your balls to the walls all the time. What what have you kind of seen with traditional archery that's changed since you were a kid? You know, because you've been doing this longer than I have. Um, even even though obviously I'm older than you, I just started. What what would you say right. you've seen the most going on, news and noteworthy, good, bad, or indifferent? Well, I will say, um, like I, I you know, it's kind of a little bit of a backstory for those who don't know. Like I I grew up with a stick bow in my hand. I I. Uh, going to the, these rendezvous, I learned how to ride a bike at one of these things. So it's like, this is kind of ingrained in me. Um, now I will say there was a period of time there where like, I just, I'm not one of those diehard stick bow only guys. Like I've, I'll go shoot stuff with the, I shot a lot of deer with the compound. I had a Hoyt ultra tech for a lot of years, killed a lot of deer with it. Um, so, and I shot a lot of deer with a shotgun, you know, back East here, shotgun only stuff. And I, so I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who's like, Oh, you know, tread, tread only guy. So, but, uh, right now, I, I mean, it's hard to argue. We're seeing more sustainable growth right now than we ever have than, than I've ever seen personally. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with, and this is going to piss some people off. So I don't know. <laughs> sorry, sorry about your bad time, but a lot of the dusty old farts who don't ever kill anything don't really have a voice anymore. And I think that's important because they would get on and, you know, you'd go on both site or, or stick com or, or, you know, some of these other, you know, forums and you, you know, and it's been talked about, we beat this horse to death, but you go on there and these guys just trash on anybody who's doing something a different way. And those guys really don't have a voice anymore. And the guys who would have came to the sport um, looking for good information would see that stuff and they'd be turned off by it. Well, that's not really happening anymore. And, you know, there's a lot more good education out there. You're putting on a ton of content. The push guys, Tom Clum, Turner, like, I mean, I can go on, you know, Rob at the Stickbow Chronicles. Like, and there's a ton of younger guys, I would say, in that 20 to 40 demographic that are wanting that next level challenge or whatever it is, or that, you know, they're seeing you have success. They're seeing a bunch of guys like Rob's running that, uh, die hunt close thing. And there's a ton of people on there first year, picking up a stick bow, going out and having success. So that's just, I think it's just kind of snowballing and it's, you know, it, everything, like I said before, it's, it was kind of the perfect storm. And I think that's why we're seeing such sustainable growth is those, <laughs> those negative Nancy's, who were just pissing and moaning all the time. Oh, you know, veins, feathers, five inch feathers, you know, or, or, Oh, this guy hunts the stick bow or this, or this guy hunts the, the self bow or a compound like, Oh, boo compounds. Like, well, you know, you can have that attitude if you just want to go sit in the corner, you know, constantly and not, not, not try and grow the sport. I mean, that's fine. If that's, if that's your objective is to keep everybody out, then yeah, by all means that's successful. But if you want to see, single string traditional archery, whatever you want to call it, even hunting as a whole have a future. You got to be diplomatic about it to an extent. Yeah. Well, you know, my story and this whole thing, so it's a little <laughs> right. bit unique. Um, I, I, I will say, and, and, and for those listening, even though I'm talking too much and David's not talking at all, David, you've been <laughs> shooting a stick for how long? Uh, probably about six years or so. Yeah. So Dave shot one for a little while. Uh, the, the one thing I noticed is, um, no different than, uh, church, religion, uh, you know, politics, there are, well, let's bring up the trad vein, for example. When, uh, 
when we came out with that, I thought that that would be welcomed with open arms because it was a a way to shoot in the rain um, off the shelf with with a with a vein rather than a feather. Um, that was not the case wholeheartedly. There was a lot of of negative. Oh, it's been done. It won't work. People that have never even tried it, and I'm like, well, now you're kind of questioning my integrity because like I'm, I'm I'm telling you it I promise it works you know like holy cow and and there was a lot of um different people that would say I've been hunting for 30 years and I you know not needed well are you you hunting brown bear in Alaska Pro- probably not you know are you doing 14 day backpack hunts you can do it with feathers it was just just an option man that did not right man the, the shit storm on forums I was just sitting back laughing I got you know I, you know, it's kind of like people watching for me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go read what's uh, going on on the leather wall today because uh, I'm going to get called the son of a bitch, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, uh, dude, that place is a cancer, man. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, for the, from what I have seen from when I started in, like, 16 till now, back then I would get some questions. Now I'll get 100 trad archery questions a day at a minimum. Um, right. Which is good to, to see, you know. And, I mean, I – if you've seen the photos Rob has of the first trad kills, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, you know how much it's, it's growing and, uh, and I'm, I'm not seeing as much of the uh, old crusties as Tom would call them diving in being, yep. being pecker woods anymore. It's a lot smoother from what I've seen. Right. No. And it's, yeah, it's like, like I said, that those, uh, that voice is kind of, and you know, and there's, I will say, I'm like, I'm not going to jump completely off of the, you know, the old guys, like, cause they, they have, like, there's a lot of guys out there that have no recognition that have been killing stuff for a long time who just keep their mouth shut. So I'm not painting all crusties in this picture. Cause I mean, we, oh man, <laughs> there's a handful of people that I know of just that, that, that will never, you'll never see them on social media or anything that, that can't stand a lot of this stuff, but they keep their mouth shut and they go about their business and they stack bodies year in and year out. And, but and there's something to be gained from those guys. If you ever get a chance to listen to them, bend their ear, you know, and sit down and shut up and just hear what they have to say. Cause there's a lot of credence to, you know, to some of these guys, but you know, back to the trad vein thing, I always, I have to laugh because like a lot of this stuff in archery has been done before at one point, like everybody's hero, Paul Schaefer, right? That's you know, he's like a God to single string, you know, traditional archers. What did he shoot? Elevated rest and veins. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and you know, and, and then the shot distance things like Fred Bear. I mean, Dull she- or his stone sheep was a, <laughs> a country mile away when he shot it. So I just like, we get a little bit hypocritical at times, I think. Or guys, I don't know, they get so dug in. I, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But I think people just need to just chill when it comes to that stuff. Or, you know, just, or people listening to that just, take it with a grain of salt, consider the source. And like I, I, I always often say, look at the body count. If they ain't killing anything, I mean, it's maybe take what they say with a grain of salt. Yeah. When I got started, it, it seemed like traditional had to be extreme traditional. It's kind of like, uh, people with spinning rods going out fishing and you know, you're not cool unless you're fly fishing and you're not cool unless you tie your own flies or, you know, do all of this other stuff. And, and, it was a little bit of a turnoff when I started, uh, but luckily I had some friends that were 
had been shooting for a couple of years and really helped me, um, kind of guided me through the ropes and got me started with trad shooting. And, you know, it's one of those things where traditional, I guess, is it's kind of, it seems like it's supposed to be traditional and not change with the times, but now we have, uh, you know, trad, trad veins, we have, um, composite limbs, we have carbon fiber limbs and things are, things are kind of changing with the time. You know, on that note, that was one thing I got a kick out of as somebody was sending me hate mail about trad veins as they were shooting carbon arrows. I'm like, Oh wait, I didn't read the book. Can you give me the rules? I didn't, I didn't, you know, so uh, carbon limbs uh, are okay. Carbon arrows are good, but uh, plastic veins are bad. Got it. Check. Okay. I got the rules. Right, you, you, you fletched your wood arrows with glue. How dare you? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> you didn't tie them on with sinew. Yeah. You didn't make Poor your own shame. points. <laughs> well, right, right, right. I, I, I do know, and I'd be getting, you know, curious to kind of get your, you know, take on this is, is, um, uh, well, primitive Jeff Lander, you know, when I started this whole thing, uh, you know, he's like, there's gonna be a lot of people that want to see you fail. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I not very, I'll flip a, you know, table over in a game of Candyland. I'm not good at failing. He's like, no, I know you're not, but it is a recurve. So it, it's more difficult. And he was just giving me advice. Like, and I'm like, dude, I super tunnel focus. I, I'm going to be okay. Uh, not as okay as I thought I would be. It was a little bit of an uphill road to hoe. But as, as I was more successful, it definitely seemed to where there was a lot of people that were like happy, but the more successful I got, the more some people got super pissed off, which I thought was really strange. But it's probably because it's me and I'm me and I just pissed them off already. Who knows? Or it's jealousy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't I just, those people, I, I, I've dealt with a handful of them now and again. Not so much as I thought I would, but it just I, I just take them with a grain of salt, and it's just like okay, I you know bunch of hot air, and that's like you know as you're more successful, I well, you know people want to see you fail. I just said I don't understand that mentality either, and that's just like like these guys getting on I you know this bridging the gap thing that Rob talks about. I mean what it I've seen some you know the push guys have put a couple of like you know, compound kills up on their page and people were all upset about that. And it's like, what's wrong with having an olive branch to, you know, we're all, you know, I kind of, for years that big tent theory was, you know, the talk, Oh, you know, we all got to come together. And I kind of was like, yeah, except for crossbows, you know, I was like, but, but right now, dude, like Colorado's getting wolves. We have hunters out there who actively support bear bait or banning bear baiting, you know, one of the, you know, the dudes that championed the spring bear, you know, getting rid of spring bear in Colorado. He was a quote unquote hunter. You know, we, you know, we got to stop this. There's bigger issues that we need to be dealing with right now, rather than pissing and moaning with each other over what we hunt with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's getting better in some ways. And I actually got an interesting phone call yesterday about a, a guy who is a, like a, a staunch advocate of a certain, um, well, I'll just leave it out, but a certain, um, what would, what the hell would you call it? Like, like something like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, um, a, uh, what, what do you, what do you call that? I'm, I'm, lo- I'm lost for words. Nonprofit. Yeah. A, a non, well, some of them are, but yeah, a nonprofit organization, but a, a, an organization. And I got this big, long text about how bad this specific organization was and and they were wrong and, 
and we all have to stick together. And I'm like, I remember you telling me how stupid I was being against these people a year ago. Now you're telling me you want my help. Like, it's nice to see more people kind of getting in tune with what's going on with where their money's going and, and everything else. And, and, uh, obviously that doesn't have to do with traditional archery. One thing that's nice to see is I'm not really into the whole umbrella theory per se. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of, of all of that. Like, obviously I shoot a compound as well, but everyone getting along, I think is extremely important. Uh, no matter if you agree right. with everyone or not, cause we're, we're low in numbers. We need all the help we can get. hundred <laughs> percent. That's like, you know, I just yesterday, you know, for instance, you know, I sat in front of the computer screen for two hours trying to buy a tag, getting into Idaho. Like this ain't getting any better folks. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Idaho was that one state outside of Colorado. So I mean, we have you to thank for that, right? I know, right? <laughs> um, but no, it's just like, I mean, it, it's a sign of the times. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot more guys getting into it, I think. And tags are going to be getting hard to come by specifically in the West. And what we got, you know, one of the things I, I mean, it racks my brain constantly. I, what, uh, you know, what, what's the future of hunting look like when we have, uh, you know, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? where it's maybe not just a draw, but it's limited access yeah. into some of these hunting opportunities. What's that look like down the road for every, you know, for all the guys who can't get a tag every year and, you know, and eventually kind of just, you know, maybe they're not as diehard as we are and, yeah. and our crews are that we roll with and they're not as diehard and they just kind of fade out like that. that I, I don't know. I think about that stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, on that note, I'd be curious to get your take. Uh, Trad quest is a, uh, uh, a traditional archery podcast and, and usually I, I kind of look at them the the stick bow chronicles is is one of the, the 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 more listened to that's more directed towards hunting the push is is definitely the most listened to when it comes to uh tech stuff things like that they matt and tim are really good at that and they get tom and joel and um you know a bunch of other people in there uh, with TradQuest, they're they're kind of a, went a little bit different direction and they're they have this huge push for traditional archery only seasons um i know what my view is on that but i'd like to to hear yours what do you think about traditional archery only seasons i think if it if it if it gives see and the problem is when i give my two cents on this i'm immediately like uh i'm biased right because i shoot a stick bow i you know i'm vested in this community so obviously uh, i'm going to be a proponent for shooting a stick bow. Um, when it comes to, if, if it, if we can create some opportunities, um, more opportunities to say, maybe like, I'm, you know, David, you just moved from Utah, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to take, we'll say, you know, the San Juan elk unit. They, uh, if, you know, if the state of Utah, and I know this would probably absolutely never fly, but I'm just going to use this as a, for instance, if they could take in a lot, 10 extra traditional only tags to hunt the month of September mm-hmm. um, for bulls down there, a limited entry tag, you know, you, you could start weeding some of these people out of these point pools. And I, th- I think I'm a fan of them if it can be done correctly, but I, I just, I don't, uh, I don't see it ever going over in, in a lot of places because guys' egos get in the way. I, I love the idea personally. 
Um, I mean, we have a muzzleloader season splitting up firearms, right? We have muzzleloader versus rifle. Um, and then you have archery. And I mean, if you had like, even just like a week before the beginning of archery, just to have primitive weapon archery, I think it'd be a great idea. And uh, I think more people would do it and they'd have more success and more fun with it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think so too. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. I, I look at it two different ways. Um, if you could integrate, let's say, um, let's just pick a few states. So let's pick three of the primaries, which I'd say Idaho and Colorado are, are two. Um, we'll pick Utah as the other one. If w- repercussion wise, you know, is it even feasible to, to pull this off? Uh, you know, and, and what repercussions w- would it have monetarily on the state, things like that? You know, I think like traditional archery turkey seasons, I don't think that would, I think that would fly, you know, although you don't really need one for, for turkey. Right. Um, but, you know, giving the first five days of a season to traditional archery only, the, the numbers aren't there. That's the kind of thing you can't bitch to bitch about compound guys and talk shit about them and then go to a vote and expect them to have any, any compassion for you whatsoever. Uh, so when you're calling it, you know, the, the wheel bow and making John Wayne memes and shit and talking shit about Levi and Gillingham, eh, it may make you feel good at the time, but when it comes to a vote, you probably want some of the more powerful people in the outdoor industry on your side. You see, 100%. You kind of you want to, because the ATA show is not about stick bows. There's a few there. It's, it's about compounds and bedazzled jeans and a bunch of other shit that I hate to go to. But when you, when you look at the stick bow thing, Believe it or not, I do not look at that stick bow as a handicap at all inside of 40 yards. I would choose it over a compound. Outside of 40, yeah, I'm the compound by far. So in one way I look at it is, well, do, do, you, really, do you really need a stick bow season? Uh, in, in my, in, you know, for, for me, I don't, um, I'm fine going against compound dudes. In other ways I look at it like, yeah, it would be nice just to weed out whoever right like whether it's gone I, I wouldn't mind hunting with less numbers you know so no one's going to complain about that but i do know when people bring up this um i'm going to get in trouble on this but do not reflect any of my views i'm about to say on uh, drew or david if you <laughs> talk about how it's not a struggle stick and it's not a handicap but then you ask for a traditional only season because it is a handicap for people listening, you're sounding kind of dumb. Like you're you're contradicting yourself. It can't be both. And I understand people get pissed because I call it a struggle stick as a joke, but it can't be extremely lethal and extremely deadly and as good as any other weapon and then ask for a season because you need help. You, you got to kind of pick one. And those are the things I'm seeing from the outside looking in. Like, you know, to me, you know, I'll pick Jake Downs. If I had to pick three guys to go hunt with right now, compound or, or stick bow, and I could pick all compound guys, I'd pick Jake to come hunt with me um, above compound guys in a lot of ways. Is it because his weapon is more lethal? No, it's because he is. Uh, you kind of see what I'm getting at here? Right. No, for sure. I, I think what I think the idea behind it is the ease of entry into the weapon. So, uh, it's the ease of entry into a stick bow versus a compound. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, oh, I can get definitely I, easier. I can get somebody I'm shooting gonna get, 40 I'm yards. Gonna, people are going to get pissed at me. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I could, 
you could take somebody from downtown Denver, put a compound in their hands, and, I mean, don't get mad at me, guys. I mean, it's kind of the truth. It depends, I guess. But I would say your average guy, if he's got halfway decent hand-eye coordination, you could you could put a compound in his hands with some good coaching and in a couple hours have him ready to go hunting. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. yeah hell totally. Yeah. 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 Okay. Without so, a doubt. So the ease of entry, and, and that's and it's not because of the shot distance range. I mean, we've beat that horse to death. I mean, it, it, it's the I think we're running into these issues of overcrowding and stuff like that. That that why they bring up the trad season is because it just is it easier to be a bow hunter now than it was before, and because we have more information. And the same thing could be said for traditional archery. There's more traditional archers now because there's more better information, right? So, I mean, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, but I think the ease of entry into it. But, dude, you tell – I guarantee you, you take – I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of somebody that would have a ton of points somewhere. But you say – Randy you could, Cooling. You could draw – all right, yeah. So, you got – if Randy Cooling was a compound guy, right, just say he doesn't shoot a stick bow, and he's got 20-some points in Colorado, and you tell him that he could put in and draw a unit 201 – a 10 or 2 or 201 tag up in the northwest part of the state with this compound or with this stick bow, uh, dude, there's going to be some guys that are going to really start thinking about picking up the weapon and, you know, and, and getting proficient with it so they could draw that tag. Um, and that's, I look at it only as an opportunity, as, as a way to increase opportunity. I'm not looking at it as a, as a way to divide. Um, I think that's, unfortunately, I think that would, be one of the repercussions of it would be creating some division because guys would get pissed. I think so, you know all these. If you could find the right unit, it's doable, and that's what I had said before. If if you have a right. unit that, um, you know, it it it's conducive. They need to bring numbers back, for example. So there's going to be probably less trad guys, and there's only going to be a certain amount of tags anyway. Um, no matter what anybody says, it's more difficult to fill a tag generally with a stick bow than a compound. And so the numbers would be building back up and you'd kill two birds with one stone. Still good numbers of animals in there, not quite where they're at. That makes sense to me. Um, but to, to go to a unit 201 and say, hey, uh, compound dudes, we're going to suck 10 days of your season out for stick bow guys. Sorry. And I know you've been saving your entire life to hunt here. But right. That's right. Not no, I, go I don't look at it. As long as you're not, my thing is on it, as long as you're not taking opportunity away from anybody and the resource can, can sustain a little bit, you know, a couple extra tags. I mean, look at, I don't know, whatever the success rates would be that you could, you know, you could gauge, you know, a tag allotment, you know, whatever. As long as you're not taking opportunity away, but you're adding opportunity, that's where I'd like to see it. Because we're, I mean, sad, sad reality is we're, we're losing opportunity you know, across the West for a lot of stuff. And, you know, it, it's, we're losing opportunity because guys want to see whether it be, uh, you know, a better hunt, right. You know, I know you've talked about it quite a bit and, you know, and it's something that, you know, you go on Rockside and guys, you know, talking about the quality of the hunt. I know this year for us out in Idaho, I mean, I, I had a really good hunt getting on deer. Um, I did not, I actually ended up shooting a really nice buck in the shoulder. He never recovered him. Um, I don't, I don't think I killed him. I never did see him again, but I, there was like no blood at the shop and, you know, dad ended up killing that bull, but we ran into more people this year than we ever have out there. And I, so yeah, I get the idea of trying to, uh, 
make the hunt better, spread out the pressure and all that stuff. But yeah, like if we could, you know, not sound, you know, repeating myself constantly, but if we could add some opportunities, I think it would be beneficial. And then, I mean, I'll say it, Arizona, Utah, these places with early rifle seasons. I mean, we need to start looking at that too. I know guys don't want to give that up, but you know, I hear, I, you know, I hear constantly, you know, guys whining about, you know, Oh, the age class isn't there anymore. Well, you got late rifle hunts. You've given out, you know, 300 late rifle tags for some of these units and you're shooting the age class out there. And then, you know, you're hunting bulls in September with center, you know, with a rifle. And I'm not, like I said, I don't care how anybody hunts, but like, is it better for the resource to maybe think about changing some of these seasons up? I, I think so, but you know what? I'm, I'm just a dumb hillbilly from Michigan. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know at all, but I think we need to start having some of these hard conversations, you know, it, to, in, to maintain our opportunity. Cause that's the one thing that I would hate to see. I'd hate to see happen is us, you know, losing, lo- continuing to lose opportunities. That's going to, that's going to, access an opportunity, you know, or the, you know, they talk about the hunter recruitment stuff and that's one that always gets brought up. You know, guys don't have a place to hunt or an opportunity to hunt. They're not going to hunt. So it's, it's something that we need to be uh, discussing, I think. And I, you know, recently, obviously, um, had a group of guys, we were, we were guiding down there in the Davis mountains and, you know, always bullshitting around the, the campfire at the end of the day. Um, and a few of the things that popped up, one of the things Cody said, which I about came out of my seat because he was getting his ass kicked pretty handily. This is why everyone should hunt high fence initially to get, <laughs> to get, to get into, uh, to have excitement. And I'm like, well, hold on now. Like that, not everybody has that opportunity. Um, you know, one and two, you can have a fun and successful, you know, hunt on public land if you know where you're you know, going, you don't want to always hit the easy button. And I, and I understood where he was coming from because you'll, you're, you're kind of sinking the hook in initially. Um, and, and then kind of came to the, the public land and in the private land and success. And, and, um, you know, for example, I've been super successful for the last four or five years hunting whitetail, but I'm, I'm not hunting them on public land. I mean, occasionally, but for the most part, it's private land. It's not high fence. Well, if I have a choice, I am certainly going to go hunt private land over public for, for whitetails because I consider myself an intelligent individual and I want to shoot shit and it's more difficult, except in Kansas, on, on private. But to sink that hook in, that's where it comes to, you know, that, like with my wife, we set her up for a turkey hunt that initial, her initial trip because, you know, turkeys are um, fast and furious action if you're in a good spot, right? You're going to get some shots. You may not hit them, but the, the adrenaline's there. What would you say if uh, you two came out to Idaho, your first trip, or Colorado? Uh, you know, when I say that, Drew and David, you guys are from Pickett, Michigan. You're coming out west the first time. If you guys are stick bow guys, is it crossing your mind? Should I bring a compound? If you're, it, 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 Do you think your success is going to be that much different if you guys have a stick coming to Colorado compared to a compound? I would think so. Uh, I don't know. I can't. Yeah, go ahead, David. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the terrain you're hunting. If you're hunting, you know, thick timber, but, you know, they, you know, I get your point of your question is, yeah, I think maybe, you know, and I guess everybody's a little bit individual, but if you're going to give a max effort, then, yeah, take the stick. But, I mean, that's just, I don't know. It's kind of a hard question for me 
but yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think you'd be more successful with the compound. I, I would say, <laughs> I would say from, uh, personal experience, you know, just going on hunts anywhere, Utah, Colorado, um, anywhere, just, I want to kill something, kill a big game animal with a recurve, but it's hard. And, uh, <laughs> yes, it is. So I shoot an aluminum riser bow. I can't snap it in half with my knee. <laughs> I've, I've opted for, uh, I've tried and, and it hasn't happened for me. And I always go back to the compound because I know if I see something that's within range, I can probably shoot it. Um, sometimes I take both. So this is what I'm leading into. You would pick the compound distance. That's the key is what I'm, what, yeah. Like, it's certainly not because you can shoot faster because I picked the stick bow inside of 20 generally because I could, you know, snap shoot, shoot quicker. Drew, is it the same for you? Is it more potentially more lethal with the compound because of distance? You can shoot farther and hold the bow back a little longer. For, for me personally? Yeah. Yep, it, personally. Like looking back at, look at my, like I can shoot. I mean, I've never shot with you on the course, but I mean, I've shot with Clum and I've shot with some of these other guys. I, you know, I'm not like, a, I'm not, I'm not an Olympic archer by any means, but if like I shot my mule deer in 17 at 45 and I have, I mean, I stroked him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to send it. Um, I, it's, I, I'm effective at those ranges with my, with my longbow. So for me, it's not a shot distance thing. It's more of a holding your mud together. Um, and looking back, like the fall of 2016, so, this is actually going right where I wanted to. Over, so. yeah, <laughs> I shot over an absolute monster six by six, you know, probably 340, 350 class bull at 20 yards. And why did I miss him? It wasn't because of my shooting ability. It was because <laughs> I crapped my pants and I forgot to pick a spot. Now, if yeah. I got a compound in my hands, um, you know, I, I, you know, I got those fails. You know, yeah, that, that, the fail safes in there. I use the peep, you know, and I line everything up. Stops. And it helps bring me to send. And this was before <laughs> I had a shot process, right? So, yeah, you know, you that's that, that's that's for me. That's the way I'm looking at it. Like, if you get if you can hold your mud together, you know, to the guys listening, and you're you're you just you're a, just a killer, and you got that instinct in you. For me, I've had to over the years shoot more stuff to get better at shooting stuff. <laughs> if that makes any, I mean, it's, it's kind of cut and dry, but yeah. Well, no, and this is leading to right where I wanted it to. So you've got draw stops, peep sight, sight housing, pins. There's a lot of technology in there that um, is going to help you out with the compound fail safes, right? You know, you, 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 exactly like you said, when I, with a stick, which I learned really quickly was you can short draw, you can long draw, you pull your finger, you know, pluck the string, certain things you can do with a compound too, but the the one thing if that you brought up, if you're a killer, you're going to be fine with a stick bow for the most part if you've had a lot of practice already, meaning if you've dropped a lot of animals with the compound. I had dropped a lot of animals with the compound, and I still shit my pants because <laughs> there's a lot going on. And the That's one time right. I drew a, a broadhead all the way back to my, you know, when in doubt, keep pulling, right? That Tom says that um, – What's his name? The big dude from Alabama, uh, another great coach, um, Rod Jenkins. When in Rod, doubt, yep. keep pulling. That was drilled in my mind so much this deer's coming in. I overdrew by probably two inches. Uh, broadhead hit my finger. I'm like, wait a minute. I may potentially be overdrawing my bow when animals are coming <laughs> in because, you know, I'm pull, pull, right. Snyder. Not the right way, the wrong way. You know, this is in the beginning where with the guy with the compound hits the draw stops, his anchor, strings crossing his face. 
But if you drill those things with a stick bow, right, and you get super comfortable with it, it's not unattainable. It just takes more practice. And, right, you know, so when people are asking me, all right, I'm getting into bow hunting. Should I just grab the stick or should I just grab the compound? I always say, hey, it's like a chick. Um, you're not marrying, you're not going to ask her to go date her for what her heart, you know, cause you know, her heart's pure. She's probably got big boobs and she's a brunette or a nice ass. Whatever you like is what you're going after. And then you find out what she, how she is as a person. Well, I would say with a, with a, with a recurve and a, or a compound, if your heart is truly taking you towards a stick, pick it up and master it. And, and, and that's what you want to do. If you're wavering back and forth, it might not be a bad idea to grab a compound first, see what's what, and then get some miles under your belt and then grab a, a stick bow because it's not going to be an easy road. It's doable. It just takes takes a little bit more effort. Right, yeah, and then don't – I would say the other thing with that is, like, if you are wavering on that decision, like, like literally take everybody else's opinions out of it because nobody else's opinion really matters. Like, it's you – in the animal, in the wilderness, and whatever you you know, whatever your game is, like that's that's just you. Don't you know? Don't allow yourself to be influenced <laughs> one way or the other because you're afraid of what somebody else might think of you. Like get after it, and you know, and uh, you know, do your thing regardless of what people's thoughts are on it. Like yeah, you want to get into hunting, or you you know, guy from back east, get into western hunting. Like make the decisions that are best for you. Um, go get your feet wet and get you know get after i think you know regardless of weapon choice like effort you, i mean and you, you know you, i look at your mule deer hunt you know when you shot that big three by three like that never quit right like your quiver says like never 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 ever quit and if, as long as you have a good mindset like that to you know keep pushing through like my dad's helps. goal this year <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> like dude my my dad I, and he's you know i he elk hunted. He didn't, I don't, he, he's not afraid that like, he'll own it. He's been elk hunting since 1995. I think it was the first year he went on elk hunting with Gordy. Um, tons of, I, I will say, I, I say this about my dad often. He's a great elk hunter. He gets jacked up, dude. <laughs> like you get a bullet from him and he gets jacked up and he never killed a bull until this fall. I mean, that's 25, his 25th elk season this year. He finally got the monkey off his back, but he never stopped going. That's like, he went every single year, regardless of whether he killed anything or not. Like he just, he max effort all the time. And like that just, I'm using him as an example to just set your goals and get it, get after it, you know, regardless of whatever you're hunting with. And if if that is your mindset with the stick bow, you're going to be a lot better off if you have a good, you know, that good mindset, that's going to, you know, that mean that it, life in general yeah if you got that you know never quit attitude you're gonna you know you'll be successful eventually <laughs> yeah it, and it may take a little bit and, and that's the thing i try to you know get a, across to people is you you can do it but you better you know you you know there's going to be some sacrifice in there and well dude you've known the whole story with me how many times i'd come back at, initially and say i could have killed the shit out of that with my compound well it didn't matter because i didn't have a compound so i don't even know why i was thinking it but eventually right. now, well, in the beginning, Tom's like, how the hell do you even shoot elk at 90 yards? I don't even hunt where you can see them that far. And I'm like, because I set up to shoot elk at 90 yards because that's where I go. Well, I don't go there anymore. I've had to, you know, re- rework my, my hunting and, and uh, 
you know, areas I go and, you know, to cater to the, to the stick bow, um, you know, when you can, but it's certainly not unattainable. I mean, you can do it. You just, well, you said it best. Don't quit short-term memory. Don't get down on yourself. Stay after it. You're, you're not going to be probably as successful as you would be with a compound for the first, I think Tom said the first three years is what it'll take before you hit your capabilities. And I'd say that's probably pretty true with a stick where, you know, meaning shooting and holding it together. Um, you know, is it going to be quicker? Well, yes. Uh, my wife has killed a pile of animals now with a compound, one couple with a gun. We wouldn't be there if she was shooting a stick. She'd probably have shot in one or two by now. That's just life technology. She can shoot farther with lower poundage with a compound. That's just how it is. Right. Well, and I will say this, like to kind of piggyback on that whole, you know, going out west. Like if your game plan, like if you're, if you, I mean, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. And if your focus is getting pictures for the gram, don't even bother picking up the stick ball. Let's talk about that because I'm getting hounded right now for not taking as many pictures as I used to. Well, that's because I'm hunting <laughs> with a stick ball. I don't have the time. <laughs> I got to put more effort into hunting. That's just, you do, right? right, I don't, right. Yeah, it, yeah, it is how yeah. it is. Yeah, if you're just, yeah, if you're out there to like to impress people, it's like, oh, look at this cool thing that I'm doing. Like, don't even bother. Like, I mean, you got, your heart's got to be in it, I, I think. And I'm sure you would, you'd feel the same way. Like, at first you did it to prove a, to prove a point to people. You know, tell me, I say I won't, right? <laughs> you know, and hold, hold my beer. Um, but, like your heart's got to be into it, man. Uh, that's just my two cents. I wonder if there's a correlation with like uh, company sponsorships and things like that, and like Instagram influencers not really getting sponsorships with traditional archery. I, I wonder if there's something there too. It was um <laughs> yeah, because we're all small small family owned companies that can't afford to pay people a ton of money. <laughs> no, it's true. And one of the reasons I went back to a compound in 17 was the amount of money I was not making from a stick amongst many other things. And I just, happiness is more important. I went back to shooting a stick, but you're just not, um, you know, Levi, which I'm not probably, if I say whatever, Levi makes a million bucks a year from Matthews for shooting a compound. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, hey, um, I got newsflash for you, buddy. Um, I'd be shooting a compound too. Yeah. Well, that's what, like, well, and, and, and the one thing I, I brought up um, before, and, and this will be really, because you, you were way uh, more into this earlier than I was, and, and, you know, having three of us on here. So, so when you looked at getting a compound in this day and age, you have, uh, well, Levi Dudley, I mean, you can pick Gillingham, ton, McCarthy, if you shoot tournaments and, and, you know, there's a ton of different people where with a, with a stick bow, when I first started and I'm not saying they weren't there, I'm just saying in your face, you had to dig for Paul Schaefer. You had to look, uh, the crooked hat Chronicle boys, the, the Winslow brothers, you had to look, yep. they weren't as well known. The reason isn't because they didn't do anything great is marketing. There wasn't a whole lot of marketing. This is my opinion, right? Not a lot of marketing going on uh, with any of those guys. Fred Bear, obviously Bear hangs their hat on Fred Bear, so there's some marketing there. People know who Fred Bear is, of course. But when you look at some of the different traditional guys, they either didn't want to be known or didn't know how to be known. So then you didn't have the young, impressionable people getting into the sport to have someone look up to to help them maybe nudge them towards a traditional bow. Would, would you two disagree or agree with that? with what I've said so far. I would agree. 
Drew? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I just well, and I think a lot of it has to do with the you know the look at. I mean, now that you've you've gotten to know some of these guys within the you know traditional archery community, I hate to say an industry because it's more of a community, and I I don't know if you've you've come to notice that or not, but it's kind of like a big family once you you know get dug in. Once you're but in, yes. Those guys, <laughs> yeah, those guys are, um, you know, you know, they're older, they're older guys. They don't know how to do a lot of the stuff of what, you know, the, the, the marketing thing. And, you know, Instagram has been sweet, you know, for, for, for me, you know, being able to get that, you know, stuff out and share that information with that younger crowd. And now you got some younger guys doing it. You got like Dalton Lewis over at the stick boys. You got, you know, Blake Hunter, you know, the, you know, the guys from the push, you know, some of us younger guys, you know, kind of promoting this and now that's why you're seeing the growth. But yeah, to, you know, to what you're saying though, before, yeah, those, it just wasn't there. And, and and I'm not saying that's right, wrong, or indifferent. That's just how it was. And so one of the right. things that I tried to focus on uh, in, in whatever influence I had was make sure people could see, can be accurate. You can kill stuff. You 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 can tune a bow. Uh, you know, I heard a lot of guys talk about tuning, and I'm like, holy cow, you can tune a, a stick bow better than what I'm, I'm hearing, you know, from different people or, or how to micro tune. And if you're, if you, if you're a, a stick bow guy that wears plaid and, and makes fun of that, I get it. But there's some of the newer crowd that's a little more techie. So you kind of have to, to grow the sport. You kind of have to do that kind of shit a little bit, right? You're going to have to, you know, go into a little bit right. more of the technical stuff I think that's why right, it's and I fall so in, I, and I will say I fall into that. You know, I, I know you made the comment earlier. Like I'm, I'm a bit of an anomaly when it comes to being, you know, one of the younger guys in the game. I don't fall into that. I'm kind of anti-millennial, anti, like, I I hate technology. If I didn't, if I could pay somebody, if I could afford to pay somebody to run the Instagram page, I would delete all social media and disappear. <laughs> um, if I could, and just run the business. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not, when it, when it comes to the tuning, I'm, I shoot through paper at, you know, I shoot flat shafts through paper. I shoot, a, you know, I get a fairly decent hole and I'm done. You know, that's, I, you know, I, I knock tune a little bit and, you know, adjust side plate if I have to, but that's my extent of my tuning. And then I'll take my broadheads out and I'll, I'll group shoot, you know, at, at 40 and 50. And if I'm good, I'm good. And I don't, I don't mess with it. And I know, so I kind of fall into that camp and that like with the clicker, like you'll never see me put a clicker on my bow. I believe you not because I don't think it's <laughs> right. I did. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, it's, and it's all in good ribbon, right? Like, I mean, there, and I'll be honest with you, man, there was a point in time where I was that crusty drag guy, man. It's like, what the hell you need that spaceship bow for? And yeah, you know, and all this stuff. And, the, and now I've gotten to the point where it's like, <laughs> it's just useless. I mean, it's just a stupid argument to be even having with people like who cares well, and, and, and I get like the good thing about the in crowd is I can, you know, call you a homosexual and you can call me a fat ass and we're good. Right. And, and, right. and, and that's just ribbing. Cause I mean, I make fun of clickers all the time too. I'm like, well, it's probably going to be a trigger to collapse at some point, but it might, it'll probably help you right now. Good luck. You know, I definitely, there's pros and cons right. to, to all of this and half of my bows have them on, some don't. And, uh, you know, I got grip clickers and I'm always screwing around, but the, the bottom line is when I go hunting, I don't use my clicker. I, I have it where I can lengthen it out just cause I'm using it as a training tool until I go hunting. And I, I'm really right. not paying attention to the click. I just let, you know, my thing happen and go from there. But with growing the sport and all of this, this is where I was like, 
guys, you, we got to get into the, you know, the, the new age here. Like we need to get, uh, the, the push, the stick, uh, you know, the stick bow chronicles. We need to get the word out. We need to tell people if you want to be techie, there's a place for you. You want to be, uh, you know, caveman ish and start tying shit onto a piece of wood. Great. We got that too, but you got to have all of it because if we all drove around blue cars, it'd be one boring ass world, right? There's a little bit for everyone. I just think that, that if, if we're trying to grow this, um, which it is happening, the route we're going, whether a lot of people, some people may disagree, you have that now. You didn't have that, in my opinion, four years ago or, or five or six or whatever. You have a techie side. You have the rudimentary, you know, the the grip it and rip it side. You've got everything, and that's one of the reasons I think it's growing so well. I think the other reason is it's like accessibility. You can go to a big box store, and you can see, you can see recurves and longbows on the shelf, and Back when I started, you wouldn't see that a whole lot. Yeah. Well, I don't, Drew, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, we, like, I just look at what I, oh, man, like David said, accessibility, right? Like, there's more, dude, and it's like, I, I have this moral conundrum with myself all the time because I piss and moan <laughs> about Onyx maps because it giving, like, I grew up where my, my old man, like, when we would go out of, out of state hunting, he would, and I don't want to get too far off topic here. I'll bring this back around, but we'd go out hunting somewhere and he would call the biologist. He would do all the research. Well, now dude, all you got to do is pay 120 bucks to go hunt. And you got all this information at your fingertips. You got Onyx maps. It's got, you know, instead of calling the, the county seat and getting a plat map, you know, say you wanted to go to central Nebraska and find, you know, some place to hunt, you had to put in a ton more legwork. Well, now as we have the accessibility, to this stuff, it's getting to be a lot easier. And I like, Hey, I use on X base map, whatever. Like, I, you know, I'm going to bitch about it, but I'm still, I'm still using it, but it's, you know, but on that same side of that coin, it's a good thing, right? Because we're getting guys information, you know, as far as like, you know, specifically shooting a stick bow backpack hunting, there's a ton more good information on it. And you know, that's why you're seeing what we're seeing with this growth. Yeah, some of the videos with the tech tips that we've been doing uh, are blowing up, and people are just really excited and interested in in what's you know Aaron's doing with his bow and how he shoots and you know technique and all of that stuff. It is. It is. Um, I, I did. Drew, did you watch my shot angle video? No. Uh, Petuto said it was really good, though. I didn't get a chance to. I. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but yeah, no. I. I heard. I heard it got some good. Good reviews. It's just on where to shoot things, even when you shouldn't be shooting them there. But it goes over all the angles. You know, one of the things, you know, like I, information, right? Like getting the information out. It, it, it. Like we were talking about, obviously, it, it's, it's better that the one thing I do, um, the one thing for people listening in right now that are thinking about getting a stick bow, right? We've talked about goods and bads and everything else, and do in, in the middle. Um, if you were right now, if someone comes up to you and says, I want to get into traditional archery, I'm selling my compounds. Um, you know, what do I need to do? What, you know, whatever, like, what advice are you giving them? Um, you know, personal, not like, hey, go look at this website, but what are you going to give them in your 32-year-old body and your experience? What are you going to say? I am going to, at one point, send them to some people for, for other information because I based on my shot and everything, I'm not something, I'm not somebody that 
people should be taking a ton of advice from because my shot is it's consistent, but it's not, it's not good. Right. So it's effective because it's consistent. And that's, I would just say to guys like, you know, if you're getting started, get something lightweight, you know, 35, 40 pounds. And you know, I know it's not people, you know, people's ego is like, Oh, I can shoot 50. But listen, no, start with good form. Don't be like me because I was, I got brought up in the era of, you know, my dad was shooting 65 pound, 58 inch longbow. Like it just doesn't, I mean, it's, counterproductive to an extent. And so get something lightweight. Um, and you know, for me personally, I grew up with that mentality of, or the, the concept of throwing the baseball. And so it's the pick a spot thing, but start close, you know, you know, keep your elbow up, get some, you know, some type of a good form, you know, if that's, so I, I'm always trying to push guys, but in that token, like you're out there, the push is out. There's a lot better people out there from, you know, Tom Clum. There's guys, Alex, you know, there's guys out there that I can send guys to to get better information than what I can give. But for the most part, it's just if you're getting started, get something lightweight. And uh, I, I always say don't overcomplicate it, but that's just me. I mean, complicate it as much as you want. Go down the rabbit hole. Um, you know, you find out what's best for you. Tom Clump said something to me in the beginning. Uh, the best thing about traditional archery is it is what you want it to be. Meaning if you want a clicker, you don't want a clicker. You want uh, to shoot instinctive or you want to shoot a gap. You can make it as advanced or as, as um, rudimentary as, as you want to. You know, so like when, when people ask about it, I'm like, hey, I've, are you, are you, is, how's your hand-eye coordination? Is it good? All right, are, are, you, are you one that you really like the adventure as much as the hunt. Meaning, obviously, if you don't ever kill anything, you're just bow hiking. But meaning, you know, do you like to get down and dirty? Uh, do you like low crawling? Do, do you want to wait on an animal for four hours that I could have? Well, the recent owl dad, when I first peeked up over the rock, they were bedded at 82. Done deal with a compound. Hunt over. <laughs> I'm going home. Well, quite a bit time later, I finally shot one because that's just how a stick bow works. You know, for a guy that doesn't have patience, he's probably like, oh, hell no. For, there's some people that are wired, in my opinion, to shoot a stick bow. Like they literally, they may shoot a compound, but they are wired to shoot a, a stick bow. If you're into being patient and wearing ghillie suits and, and, and being pinned down for two, three, four hours or turning what would be with a compound, a 20-minute hunt into a four-hour stock with a stick, I'm like, hell yeah, you, that you are born to do this. Now go get a coach and don't do anything stupid. Um, because then it won't matter how sneaky you like to be. If you can't hit shit, it doesn't matter. And so the first is the initial questions of what kind of person are you? And then the next advice is, as you said, go, go get a coach, go talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. So you can actually hit what you're aiming right. At. Right. I mean, you got guys out there like, like I could never see Chris Perino shooting a compound. I mean, and that dude, so what did, what did you say? He said on that, I, I, Eight I, hours. I can't remember what it was. Eight, Eight hours. hours. He sat on that. About yeah. eight minutes, like, I would have been throwing rocks at that thing. Yeah. <laughs> right, you got it. I mean, it's a, it's a freaking, it's a mindset, man. And I, and I, you know, and it's a journey too. Like this is not something. Like if you are one of those type of people, like you have to succeed. And I, I'm, some of my buddies are like that, and it's, I, I think they've come around to having a different mentality, and it's more about like I, I don't know who said it, but somebody said hunt for your shot. And I always, I like when I heard that for the first time, I was like, that's a perfect way to describe hunt with the stick bow. Like go get the shot that you want. If you can only be effective, like I'm just saying, like if you're a snap shooting guy and you're effective, like I know plenty of dudes around here, these old guys that are like, they, they fill the freezer every single year. They snap shoot, never had the same anchor point twice. I mean, 
you'd go shoot with them on a course and you'd be like, whoa, that dude probably shouldn't even be hunting. But they go out and they fill their tags every year, but they hunt for that shot. And I, that's, I don't know who said that, but that was a perfect way to put it. You know, they, they go get that 15-yard shot, you know, on the ground in a brush blind or whatever. And it's just like, but if you have to be successful, I don't, I don't know. I don't, maybe rifle hunting's your thing. Because even, like, even hunting with a compound, you know, to hunt whitetails around here, I had some ups and downs as well. And, you know, I was I was got to be pretty effective with that thing, you know, towards the end. But, you know, things can happen when you bow hunt. And like you said, shit happens when you party with a stick bow. <laughs> like, it's that's just hunting in general. If you have to be, if you have to kill something, I don't know, pick up a rifle, I guess. I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's once we go back to the mindset thing, right? Yeah. And I was going to, I think you can be extremely successful with a, a stick bow at a certain point, meaning you can't expect, um, somebody just starting out to have, uh, an extreme amount of success out of the gate. It, you just can't expect that. I think, you can strive for that and we'll eventually hit that. And so I, I guess I agree and disagree. And I, I think probably though we both agree, don't expect to kill something out every, every time you go, when you initially pick it up, I think down the road, you may not kill everything, something every time you go out, the probability is higher. Your feeling of um, chances of success are going to be higher every time you go out. Cause you're learning more and more. And that's where you got to look at what kind of person you are. Um, if you've got tunnel vision and you hate to fail, you're probably going to be a pretty good stick bow hunter because you're going to stay after it. If you're an occasional pick the bow up before a week before season starts, you probably don't want to have a stick bow in your hand. It's it's not that kind of sport or hobby or whatever you want to call right. it. You got to constantly right. practice with it. Um, and the guys that are successful that I see are the ones that are addicted to shooting and practicing and bettering themselves and the outdoors. And they're just constantly mindful of the outdoors rather than you work a normal job and then grab your bow a week before season. That's not a stick bow type right. of mentality. No. And that's like, uh, I have to remind myself constantly that not everybody's as diehard as we are. <laughs> and cause like, dude, I thought I get so passionate about like predator management and like the wolf thing. And like, cause I, I view it as an attack on hunting. Like, and there may be some people out there who totally disagree with me and that's fine. But I view it as an attack on my way of life. And like, like for me, like you, David, I don't know about you, but like, I, I don't know anything different other than being a dumb hillbilly and going bow hunting. Like mm-hmm. that's it for me. Yeah. And and hunting in general. And that's like, I don't know. I, I get pretty charged up about it about, and uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I just like, it's, not everybody out there is as diehard as we are. And I guess maybe it's pick guys are starting to get that way more and more. I think, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that one. Sorry. I, no, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from though. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I just, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you obviously I, I, me personally, I have a lot more opportunities than most people and I get to hunt a lot more and, and, and all that. But, you know, it was a weird, unique thing for me because I was very dialed in and happy shooting a compound, why I started and where it's led into to where now I had a guy message me yesterday, you draw once in a lifetime tag, are you bringing the stick or the compound? And I'm like, dude, it's different for me. I'm bringing the stick. Um, you know, I, I for me, because of why I'm shooting what I'm shooting now, 
I get, I like shooting the stick far more than the compound. And, and, and I just shot a few animals with the compound in Oklahoma and Texas. And while it was fun, it's not the same thing for me as shooting something with a stick. Um, you know, it's just not. And so for me, I'm, I, I'm a challenge. I like, I'm very challenged or goal oriented. So like Al dad, the first time I went, they said it couldn't be done spot and stock on the ground. Um, or I, a lot of people told me don't even try it. Well, you know how I'm wired. I'm like, well, we'll see about that. I'll show you. Now it was a shit show and it about killed me, but I got one. Well, if you're wired that way, man, I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't shoot a stick bow. And it, you know, if you want to shoot a compound occasionally, I get it. You know, it's fun to wing arrows. I like, I like whooping up on Luke with my compound, but I, I think that you have to have the right mindset. You got to have the right mentality or, or it, it may not, you know, pan out for it. Maybe a novelty thing. You just fling arrows at squirrels occasionally. Um, you know, and if there's room for everybody out there, it doesn't really matter as long as you're happy. Right. And that's the, that's the thing. I just like, it's, go do whatever the hell makes you happy, man. It's like, uh, you know, you want the challenge of hunting with a stick, jump on in, man. The water's warm. And I, I mean, you know, this better than anyone, like there is no more gratifying feeling than drawn back on an animal. Like I shot a, shot a small button buck here the other day behind yeah, oh, here at the house. And I don't care. It was just a small button buck. I filled the tag, but regardless of whatever the animal is, when you draw back on one and everything just clicks and you bury one right through the top of the heart and that thing runs 30 yards and falls over and you know that it was you and nothing else going into that that did that, dude, there's no better, more gratifying feeling. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't have admitted this before, but for the, probably the first year, every time I killed an animal with that thing, I wanted to stand and just scream, I did it. Cause I was like, <laughs> right, the right. impossible is possible. Like I, I, you know, initially again, you know, like when I first started, you know, now, like I said, man, it, it would be hard for me to, I would pick a stick bow inside of 40 almost every time. Now you put something out there at 75, 95 yards. Yeah, of course I'm grabbing the compound, but Man, with that the stick, I mean, it, it, I mean, we're talking like a multiplier of ten on the feeling you have shooting something with a recurve in comparison to a compound. For for me, it's just a totally different feeling. Now, do you guys think that that's part of the the challenge of a stick bow, or do you think it's more like it's unfamiliar because you've killed stuff with a with a compound before and it's and it's a new? challenge for me. Okay, it's a challenge. I mean, I I am addicted to challenges. But again, there are times when you want to snap that fucker in half with your knee. I, I want to, I've missed some very large animals with that stick where I'm like, huh, I wonder, uh, was this a bad decision? You know, now those thoughts are out of my mind, but initially, so. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's about a 175-ish four by four in Idaho right now that I was like kicking myself over (laughs) right now. Like it's like. Oh, dude. Yeah. Just sick about it. But some, I mean, like that can happen whether you hunt with a compound or a stick bow, but it's just like, I, Dave, to answer your question, I, I think it's an effort thing. I think it's what, it's not maybe just the weapon. It's the amount of effort that you put into it. Why you have that feeling. Cause you've got to work your ass off. Like just, I, I can't think of another analogy, you know, better one for it, but it's like you, if you ever watched, there's a sick video that Nick, Nick White did with the the boys from Rock. Well, his brother, the, yeah. the guys from Rock House. Nick and Matt, yeah. And it's called the ch- yeah yeah the challenge. And mm-hmm. to me, that like that video 
if somebody was thinking about getting into shooting a stick bow, go watch that video to kind of get a good idea of the feeling. Like the way Matt and Nick put that together is pretty incredible because it's like it is the perfect give and take relationship. The amount of effort that you put into it is going to directly affect your success. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with why you have that that feeling of just <laughs> extreme euphoria when you do make a perfect up, you know, an absolute perfect shot on the critter and it just, you know, runs over there and tips up. And it's just like, yeah, dude, there's nothing better than that. And I, I, the perception of what people want you to believe online and what people want and, and the, and reality, right? Like is, is far different from, man, I don't want to drive this to a wormhole too much, but Cody shows up in Texas, right? We're in the Davis mountains, very rugged, very, vast land right i think that specific ranch we're on and it's not high fence it's 180,000 acres right pretty big chunk of land uh he's like what are we looking at for deer here like 190s and i'm like no no we're what no no we're not looking at 190s i'm like dude be happy if you shoot a 165 well i don't know i talked to a few people and 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 i'm like dude i'm telling you trick photography uh does a lot for mule deer scores like a 165 deer is nothing to turn your nose at. That That's a big deer. And then shooting ability. Like, what level should you be able to shoot at? And and what people perceive is correct. And there's a few times guys have been hunting with Scotty about uh, and asked about me. Like, yeah, does he ever miss? And Scotty's like, hell yes, he misses. I watched him miss 11 times in one day. And they're like, What? <laughs> And he's like, hell, he's talked about it, but people hear what they want to, you know, hear. This is on last year's Outdate. And Scott's like, he just keeps going, right? He doesn't let it affect him. I mean, he does everything he can. And that is a mentality I strongly urge people if they're picking up a stick bow. Short-term memory, stay after it, don't get down on yourself, and just try to make a each trip is a learning experience and it may not be one you're walking away happy what you learned, but you're learning something. And in my case, I just learned that, uh, sometimes no matter how hard you try, you're not going to hit the shit you're aiming at. Cause there's just, you know, all, you know, the other things happen. Right. But if you stick with it, when I sh- finally shot one, it was a feeling that you can't really describe. I mean, it's I, I, the, uh, the elation and whatever you want to call it. I would imagine a lot of animals, um, that you've shot with that sticker, like, Jesus Christ, I finally made it happen. I didn't think it was going to be possible. You just got to stay after it. Oh, dude, 17 for me, the 2017, I had a phenomenal year. Um, <laughs> killed a big, you know, a, well, to me, I'm a huge body, 160 class buck in Idaho. Uh, I think he's, he's right at 160. He's Yeah, I mean, just great buck. Made an absolute amazing shot on him, like supercharged up, get home, kill three more deer. I actually broke my, broke my wrist that year out in Idaho after I killed that buck, um, came home with my arm in a cast, not to toot my own horn here, killed, filled three more tags. <laughs> and I had, you know, great year, 2018, dude, I got my teeth kicked in. I wounded a couple critters. Like it was bad, dude. It sucked. I was down on myself. I literally bought a compound. I bought an E35 and I was like, I'm going back to hunt with this thing for a while just to maybe just get, get another animal under my belt and just, you know, just, you know, I don't know. I doubted myself. Right. Well, I'm like, no piss on that. I shot it once. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And I went back and put in a ton more work, retuned a brand new arrow setup, got, you know, just 
refocused. 2019 had a great year last year. Um, <laughs> I didn't didn't kill anything out west. Came home, put well. I, no, I take that back. I, I killed a mule deer out there. 19 um, made a 25 yard shot, absolutely perfect with the with the jagger. Deer ran 30 yards, fell over dead. It was it was great. Came home, killed a bunch more does. But I never, I never gave up, and that, that's kind of what the point that I'm getting at is like, yeah, I, I had a shitty year, um, but I just didn't, I didn't give it up, and you know, and then this year, uh, wounded that buck out in Idaho, had good opportunities. I will say the one thing that that's that I have learned over the years, bow hunting, whether it's with a compound or a stick. You can miss out on being successful, and this is the one thing I don't, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it enough, and it's not being reckless, but you're going to miss out on some opportunities to fill tags if you're too cautious. I, and I'm not saying I'm not telling people to be reckless, but there's something to be said for taking the first decent opportunity that you get rather than waiting for a perfect one. And I think that the having having the confidence in your shooting ability and putting the work in will make those decisions to take that first decent opportunity that you get easier if you know you can do it. Now, I, I would agree. That was one thing that I was um, mentioning to Cody on multiple occasions um, as I'm, you know, running forward to a bush of, you know, movement, things like that, and trying to get this shot that he may never – get I'm like dude you got to start shooting and when I say that I'm not talking about ethical shots I just he had a certain aiming method that wasn't conducive maybe to western hunting or spot and stock where I'm like dude it's broadside 31 yards and you're comfortable dude shoot like it may not ever get any better than that and and I'm not saying take on ethical shots but if you're waiting for the perfect one it may never come and and you may go home thinking about man I wish I would have shot and that happens a lot to people right Right. Well, I learned that from just by vicariously through my dad. My dad, like my dad's a great shot. I will say he probably needs to shoot more because I think subconsciously he, he's been that guy who waits for that perfect opportunity, you know, every time. And I think it's come back to bite him in the ass. And I think if he put more effort, I mean, like I said, he's a good shot, but I think if you put more effort in and he's going to be mad at me for throwing him under the bus, but oh, oh well, um, I'm just using him as an example of how I've learned, like, don't pussyfoot around, get after it. You know, when you got an opportunity, you better, you better send it. Like I had a beautiful buck here in Michigan a couple weeks ago at 30 yards. And I, I hesitated for half of a second. It cost me killing that buck. Yeah. And that'll make you cry and think about it the rest of your life. Certainly the rest of the year. <laughs> oh yeah. Especially, especially when the neighbor shoots him a week later. <laughs> yeah. That's never, never good. But well, man, we're hitting like an hour and 15 here and I got another podcast. I got to be on in 14 yeah. minutes. So we should probably hop off, but everybody, um, well, tell everybody where to go check you guys out the website and Instagram, whatever you want to get out to the world. Yeah. Yeah, you can go online. We, we hey, we are in the 21st century now. We have online ordering finally. You don't have to call and talk to a talk to a guy no more. Um, and spend a half hour on the phone bullshitting, because that's what I like to do. But um, selwayarchyproducts.com, and then you can check us out on Facebook, and then uh, we're uh, selway underscore uh, selway underscore archery on Instagram, and uh, I run the Instagram page. 
I post some of my own personal opinions, political or <laughs> wildlife management stuff. I, I, you know, I believe in uh, trying to perpetuate the future of hunting and uh, making sure we, you know, we could protect our freedoms in this country as well. So if you don't like guns and two way talk in, involved with your bow hunting stuff, probably not the best page for you to follow, but um, you know, I probably shouldn't do that stuff, but Oh, well it is what it is. And um, yeah, I just thank for having me on, man. And if anybody's got any questions, whatever, reach out myself, like, like you, my cell phone number gets available pretty easily. So if you just want to call and shoot the shit and talk options for quivers or just bow hunting in general, I don't know a bunch, but I know a little bit. <laughs> well, no, uh, man, I, I appreciate, uh, the friendship, appreciate working with me and, uh, getting me all the lucky quivers. I actually, as I'm right now, we're talking, I'm scroll. I've been behind. I haven't sent you any photos lately so you're about to get bombarded with a bunch of dead shit uh for your instagram awesome. pages as we were talking but man i appreciate everything no thank you man i appreciate all the help yeah uh, help you've done for us and you know expanding the company at the right time i just uh super appreciative for for your support and um you know in support of the traditional archery community i think i could speak on behalf of everybody crusty or not um not to like, not to get on my knees here, buddy, but uh, <laughs> you you've done a lot for the sport, and uh, I think it's a debt that can't be quite repaid. So I I thank you thank you immensely for it. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, no problem. I'm having fun. Well, cool, man. All right, well, we'll get out of your hair, um, and uh, I'm probably gonna pester you in the next few weeks for another quiver to go along with my techno bow you keep making fun of, but. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, it's a spaceship. <laughs> the spaceship. Yeah, the spaceship, Bo. Uh, so. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. All right, buddy. Well, hey, it was good, good chatting, and uh, David, it was good talking to you as well. Nice talking to you, too. All right, take it easy. Later, guys.